Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my far from regular co-host to kick off the regular season, Mozzie. <laughs> oh my goodness! Do you know we just had the last Sunday without football for like for months. so long? Oh. Yeah, through like February or something like that. Whenever the Super Bowl is, I can't believe it. It's already here, and I'm so excited. Yeah, I've uh, I've made sure to let my girlfriend know that we're at the point of the year again where. Sundays are the days where you know, but I, okay, I'm not I'm not one of those people who's like you know oh I'm totally absent I can't do anything but you know right. this is my thing I like and I want my I would like most of my Sundays to you know re- revolve around this thing for this portion of the year right just one it's day. one day of this and a couple season. nights yeah and like you know a small chunk of the other nights and like usually she goes to bed at halftime anyway so you know it's not like I'm robbing her of much time on the other days. <laughs> when you watch with her, are do you uh, do you watch like Raiders games, or do you just are you more like analytically watching? So we watched like I know the last one we watched was like the playoff games because you know the the Bengals run obviously looking at those. Mm-hmm. Um, she, the the only game we were ever actively rooting against each other was the Bengals Raiders game. Um, on Sundays, a lot of times like you know I'll have Red Zone on or something so. She's usually just doing something else while I'm watching that. Uh, primetime games she'll sit and watch and, you know, sometimes more engaged than others. She's not, you know, like a huge sports person, but she'll, you know, mm-hmm. sit and sort of watch a football game. I don't try to, like, explain every little bit to her. and Like, not, not in the sense of, like, rule mansplaining, just like, oh, this guy's from this college and we liked him in the draft, this, this, that. And I have Isaiah McKenzie at captain and Gabe Davis just scored fuck. Like, you know, not, not, not always that intense. Okay. But. <laughs> yeah, she, she understands that I am into it at a degenerative level. So. <laughs> that's what matters the most. <laughs> Perfect. So. We'll go ahead and uh, degen dive right in, I guess. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Baby. We, uh, the segues are back this year. Yeah. There might be a little rusty to start. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but we have Buffalo at the Rams. Right now, we've got a 52.5 total. Buffalo favored by 2.5. That, that changed a little bit. Buffalo was favored by 1 to open, and the total was 52. So Buffalo's gotten more more money and a little more favor from the spread. But after a lot of deliberation, um, for me, still not a confident pick. I don't know about you, but... We have the Rams winning outright and covering. Yeah. Which wasn't what I was predicting. <laughs> it's it's a tough call. I went into the game expecting to pick the Bills and had planned on picking the Bills, but it was after some some roster deep diving here that I think we both ended up on the Rams side, which would be the underdog pick for the Super Bowl champion. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And like there are, 
at home too in the very first game of the year and I, I, I know it's technically a short week but the first week of the year doesn't really count the same um, we usually see those Thursday night games not suffer from the same Thursday night issues that a lot of in-season games do mm-hmm. but it feels weird that the Super Bowl favorite who arguably maybe got better or at least didn't get worse um, is an underdog at home so <laughs> and like again there, it's only a two and a half point spread, so it's not like it's a huge swing. It's not like it's we're calling a major upset, but no, I'm calling like a 28-31 game, um, which would put it a little above the over. That's more like 59. They've got it at 52 and a half. That might be a bit high, but to be honest, usually Thursday night games are lower scoring, but this is the first game of the year, so they've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, potentially four weeks to prepare. <laughs> yeah, it's it it changes. It there's always not always, but I feel like a lot of times you do get some good some good fireworks games out of the gate. I I guess I need to look that up before I just say that off the top of my head. But my my brain goes to the like the Chiefs Patriots one we got a few years back. Mm. As far as like great opening games, especially because yeah. the Patriots lost. Um, <laughs> yeah, with this, so I've got the under. And that was more of a an extension of the Rams winning. So my take is that if the Rams win, it'll be because the game stayed under. Like I th- I think if this goes shootout, I do lean. I would lean the Bills if I took the over, at least by like much. I don't know if because if I'm thinking okay, this this is going to be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I at this point in their careers. I think I would lean Jalen over Stafford in that case. I would, Just in the sense of, like, having that extra ability to run and scramble and not take a sack. Like, in the end of a game, in a back-and-forth shootout, is probably the minor edge. Uh, And, like, I know the Rams do have Cup and A-Rob, which we were about to talk about in a sec. Um, But the Bills have, I think, more viable receiving targets as well, which might favor them in a shootout. They do. I would, so. if I was just taking the offenses and no time on the clock, I would probably take the Bills. But, and I guess we can start really getting into it. There's a really big problem with the Bills, and it's that they don't have Tredavious White. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really big for a number of reasons. A, he is super good himself. And B, that means that Kair Elam, Elam is starting. Uh, the rookie, who I really liked. However, this is his first NFL game. He is a rookie playing against potentially Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup, mm-hmm. uh, which is really, really dangerous. So I think it's pretty reasonable to assume that the Rams are most likely going to try and prevent a lot of one-on-one matchups with him, which means they'll be devoting a safety to that for a lot of the game. Mm-hmm. Or you mean, sorry, the Bills will be avoiding that one-on-one matchup? R- yes, sorry. Yeah, all good, all good. A lot, lot um, of animals here, you know? A lot of animals. So if you have Micah Hyde, and he's constantly having to stay back and help the secondary, which I think is pretty reasonable to assume, mm-hmm. that means the run game is actually going to be fairly open for the Rams. Um... One of the Bills' problems last year was against the run game. 
I haven't seen a whole lot to expect that that'll change other than the return of some of their players like Matt Milano, but not having, you know, those stuffed safety boxes for the Rams or for the Bills, I should say. I I know. They just like get confused in my head cuz they're so similar. They're both like yeah. four, four letter it's words. It's fair. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um but yeah, that means to me the Rams will be able to run. I don't necessarily like either running back as in terms of fantasy, but they'll be able to control the pace of the game and kind of keep the Bills off the field. I think that it's a situation where if the Rams just get the ball at the end, they can just run out the clock and kick a field goal to win it. I just think yeah. it's going to be really tough for the Bills defense to stop them uh, without Tredavious White. And even though I love Jalen and the offense, and I think they'll still be fantastic, uh, the ability to control the game falls to the Rams. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, with giving them the win, my my brain went under in that scenario. As far as like, I'm like thinking most likely outcome is they control it, get some good defense going, etc. Uh, so yeah, with, with Trey White, like you said, keeping their safeties back in coverage more. Like Poyer and Micah Hyde are great safeties, but they're, they're like you said, their their coverage safeties more so than run stopping box safeties, which is more valuable, I would say, in general, especially right now in the league. But we saw last year the Bills at times struggle against the run, and I, I don't think that their defensive um, personnel changes because, like you said, they got Von Miller. Got Daquan Jones, but lost uh, Phillips, Hughes, and Addison. I don't think that's going to like end up improving their run D. And it's not like the Rams are some you know amazing, super good run team, but we know how McVay can, you know, from that shanty tree, that that line of coaching and offensive scheming lends itself to, you know, exploiting your personnel. So, yep. like in the run, run game, especially McVay scheme and shanty, you know, derivative. Yeah. The issue, though, is... And so when we were deciding our bangers, our match, etc., I'm like, my first instinct is match the running backs. But as we go through this, I'm like, okay, maybe the Rams running backs have more value. And I'm like... But which one? Like, exactly. <laughs> and, like, you're probably not expecting a ton. Like, depending on where Akers got, you got drafted, maybe he's, like... Maybe he underwhelms for his draft spot. But, like, I don't know... At least for me, if I'm expecting much in general from any of these guys, like... If Akers goes for 100 yards or two touchdowns, like that'll definitely be a pretty high-end outcome, but it doesn't feel impossible here. It's just a big matter of, you know, do ground touchdowns go to Akers? Do they go to Henderson? Right. Does the running back pass catching go to Henderson? Which, like, that that's my main concern is because, like, I think they've shown a little bit more willingness to use Henderson and, like, high volume pass catching and that's more of so if they like fall behind but if they control the game i do think it does benefit acres more it does so yeah but what do you think about the running backs on the other side um before we kind of get to the pass games a little bit how are you split on like singletary cook moss etc like i do you want anything to do with that mess or i personally don't i would contend that the running backs that are going to catch passes for the bills will be the most uh, viable. Um, and I know James cook is a rookie, but he actually does kind of make sense. It, like if he had a little more experience, he would probably be in the banger category, mm-hmm. but 
it's his first game. We don't quite yeah. know what to expect <laughs> and how well he knows the offense. But that would kind of be my super high upside flyer pick. Um, uh, yeah. It's tough because we just don't know how much. Than the running yeah. backs will on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's the always the issue with the Buffalo running backs. Like as as Cook gets more into the offense, I think they'll get more going for him in general. Like in sets where they you know put him out wide or throw to him more, and John will get more used to not running as much instead of throw to the running backs. Because like that's always been the big Buffalo running back issue. I think is he eats away at the goal line and. The reception issue, because like that's something with like a lot of running quarterbacks, is they would usually rather run than dump off. Right. So but imagine when Cook gets going and he has just this sort of option wide out in the backfield mm-hmm. that he can run alongside with and then toss to. Like that's going to be such a nice connection. It's yeah, hard to predict I expect that to be yeah good week one. It but it could be like I legitimately think it could be. I just wouldn't be putting a lot of uh, money on it. Yeah, if if I'm picking a Buffalo running back, I do think like obviously you know the the draft costs change. I think Singletary is probably the lean just because carryover from last year. Zach Moss isn't good. Um, yeah, <laughs> like if you're making me pick one, it's gonna be Singletary. And like I said, my my biggest concern with Cook is just like how comfortable they are using him yet, especially you know against the Rams in a really close game. It's probably gonna be you know, pretty competitive the whole entire time, I expect, you know, maybe when they come up against the Jets, sorry, they might yeah. unleash him more, give him more shots. <laughs> yeah, try <laughs> That'll make a little out. more sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, the real, the real fun in this game, I think in general is, is in the passing games. Yeah. With, okay, the Rams, it's very straightforward, I think. Like, <laughs> you've got Cup, you've got Arab now. Um, Van Jefferson, I don't, I don't think he's gonna play. Um, he, so we're recording this Tuesday. I got like, uh, I saw like right as I was putting notes in that Van Jefferson is not practicing today on Tuesday, so I don't think he plays. Right. So, and he didn't practice yesterday either. My my lean is that he sits, and we get some co- combo of Ben Skoranek, aka Swarovski. Benny Crystals, as we've yep. called him, yeah. Benny Crystals and Tutu Atwell, who is no longer hurt like he was all last year. I don't want to go for either of those guys. We've seen the Benny Crystals deep value, but in my opinion, it's just going to be a rotation and be annoying. And then we'll probably see uh, the targets kind of, well, there wouldn't be that many targets for fan, maybe like five, six. And I think that we'll see just a couple more to the other guys and, if Higby were, you know, going to get five targets, maybe he gets six or seven now. So I guess comparatively, he gets a nice boost if Van sits, just because I think we maybe see a little bit more design for him. But again, like when you're facing a team with good coverage safeties, it is a little, it is a little tougher on the tight end sometimes to get those good mismatches. So I overall, I think it probably just makes you more confident in Cup and Allen Robinson, but... I think you would maybe give Higby a little bit better of a target floor. I think it does, too. If I'm kind of mathing uh, Stafford's, I don't know. I don't think he's going to have to throw more than, I'll say, it ceiling like 35 times, right? 
And he's probably going to complete, what, like 26 of 35 is pretty standard. So, I, you know, you break that up. You give a couple to the running backs. Uh, you give, like, 10 to Cup. Um, then you give another, like, 5 to 8 to A-Rob. You don't have a whole lot left over. So I kind of think that Higby is probably, since he's already going to have a few of those, the main beneficiary of Jefferson not playing. Yeah, it's not not a huge impact overall, but it's it's worth parsing out. He's someone who got targets last year, had good games last year, especially as the year went on and like when Odell went down and Woods was hurt, like Van had to be a big part of it. So it wasn't just all Cooper Cup the whole I, time. <laughs> right. I do feel like part of the value of Tutu Atwell is he only really needs to make one catch a game to have a huge impact on it. And he, like, it could be, you know, he starts in the backfield and in four seconds he's 50 yards down the field, you know, 70-yard bomb. I'm expecting a Rondale Moore-esque, like, usage attempts for him kind of thing where we see... For the most part, like, line of scrimmage, screen type of stuff, in my opinion. Because Tutu, that's all, like, his big issue for me was his feet were super inefficient in his, like, routes and everything. And if they can negate that issue by just giving him the ball and telling him to run fast, that (laughs) will assuage a lot of those issues. Yep. So, on the other side, we've got... A lot of excitement. We've got Diggs. We've got Gabe Davis. We've got Isaiah McKenzie, who he's, he sounds like he's good to go. He is ahead of Crowd on the depth chart. That was kind of what I was harping on all offseason. <laughs> I'm just like, this guy is better than Crowder. Crowder's fine, but McKenzie's a lot more exciting and fits Jalen better. If for some reason McKenzie doesn't play, Crowder would be the guy in the slot. They're pretty different players, but... I didn't think there's a chance we see McKenzie not get, like, a ton of snaps this game. Like, they might keep him to, like, 65%, and we see Crowder get a little bit of work. Um, if you're going DFS, I wouldn't play them both together because they will cannibalize each other snap-wise. But either of these three starting receivers and Knox are all viable here. Yep. Um, outside <laughs> of Diggs, who we know is a stud, do you have any lean on the other three guys as far as... Who's gonna? I, not to say who's gonna do the most, because like I, I think the you know the easy bet would be Gabe Davis. But who do you think's gonna most overperform expectations of the other three? Um, I think I like McKenzie a lot. I think he's good to go. Um, I know it's a groin thing, but the like the difference between a groin being eighty five percent and a groin being a hundred percent is very big. In terms, in terms of just like general. Oh, tell me, level. tell me how big his groin is. So big, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, if he's like a hundred percent good, his groin issue is gone. I'm not too worried about him. Um, yeah, he he got a full practice in today, so that's reassuring. Yeah, I obviously like Diggs. I really like Davis in this game as well. And then I think Knox will probably clean up a little bit too. I don't think he's going to be a huge stud, but I think he'll like be serviceable. Yeah, I put Isaiah McKenzie like in the stream section because he's in shallow leagues on waivers and in deep leagues probably on benches. 
I mean, yeah. he, we've seen him have huge games off of not a whole lot. He's one of those guys where it might just be a three, four target per game thing or like reception per game, I guess, potentially. But he can go 120 and two on three catches. Yeah, exactly. Like that that's his that's his role and archetype. So and we we've literally seen it. It's not like this is potential. We've literally seen him do this shit. So Oh, yeah. And my prediction is kind of standing that the Bills are gonna score quickly and have to, with a lot of deep passing attempts, which is gonna be really fun to watch. It worries me a little bit that uh Ramsey might be on digs in on the outside but i expect Diggs to move around enough that it's not going to be enough to like not want to play Diggs. if you were thinking about that uh i was looking at uh the last year their matchup mm-hmm. and they, they didn't do that so because like R- ramsey did not shadow Diggs. he mostly just shadowed like dk and mike evans <laughs> like throughout the year um darius williams was on gabe davis an okay amount but that's a moot thing right now obviously <laughs> i don't is he even on the team anymore I don't and then so. uh no one on the bill shouted anyone on the rams so i'm not expecting any real intentional shadowing now isaiah mckenzie will see a lot of troy hill in the slot and you know that that's gonna happen but aside from that, like that which is just gonna be you know how it plays out rather than an intentional thing i don't think we're gonna see ramsey like stick to one guy on the bills. Yeah, I I agree with that. So like if you were worried about Diggs, I wouldn't be. Nah, and he can <laughs> beat Ramsey anyway. Yeah, he can. I also think that McKenzie can beat Hill. <laughs> oh yeah, like that's that's one of the big things is like <laughs> looking at that I'm like, you know, that might be the most like beneficial matchup right of these guys like that consistently get it. So hmm. yeah, cuz like the the Bills slot corner to Ron Johnson's pretty solid. So it's not like Cup's going to get, like, cake matchup there no. when he's there. It's more so, like, okay, when he gets on the outside and gets Dane Jackson and goes up against a rookie, you know, a good rookie, but still a rookie. Right. Which is why, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to miss on Cup and A-Rob here, just given the target volume and the lack of Trey White. But for the Bills, it's, it's always a little tougher when you've got a quarterback who is willing and able to put the ball anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it changes it up a bit. Like, sometimes the quarterback is so good or sees the field so well. Like, one thing I like to think about with it is, um, I'm trying to think who, I mean, I guess, like, Rodgers, aside from Devontae, you never knew who was going to be the next guy just because it just fully just depends on what is given. There are some quarterbacks, I really try to remember who does off the top of my head who always piss me off with it. But would just like throw to literally fucking whoever, Jameis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> either team. <laughs> uh, oh, Jameis. Right. Uh, the Saints are gonna freaking crush the Falcons. This week one. Oh man, we, we might get some Oval, Oval Team Zaxby talk, but that's that's for next episode. So, rounding this out, anything else to talk about with these receivers, or should we move on to the the last little tidbits? I think we're probably. I think we're good. So with. The last little tidbits. We've got kickers and defenses. I don't think either of us have a desire to play the defenses. Yep. Um, if you had to choose one, I'm making you do this because, you know, DFS is a thing. Sometimes you end up putting a defense in. Um, if, I'm, if you're being forced to pick a defense, which one are you choosing? 
I think it depends for me a little bit on uh, how your defense scores yardage. Because for some leagues that, like, if they get, like, 400 yards, you lose, like, 8 to 10 points. And in other leagues, it's not punished as much. I would take the Rams. Yeah, just for, like, turnover potential and sack potential. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, I guess, my lead since we're picking them and I'm calling an under on that behalf. So, that if you know if you got to pick, but, again, don't want to pick. Kicker-wise, with this high total... Both are fine, yeah. but I see I see you like you you lean gay a bit. Yeah, I lean gay a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's no way I can put this that doesn't sound great. So <laughs> I was just like leaning gay. No, that's the same thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm leaning a bit gay. No, that's just worse. I prefer gay. Uh, um... <laughs> yeah. Uh, they'll control the clock more which means they'll be at more luxury to kick field goals whereas i think that uh bass will be more of an extra point guy i think the bills are gonna have to go for touchdowns the bills in general are pretty aggressive too on their play calling or is it a dome i forget it's like a uh i think it's open but it has like really advanced wind protection technology is what i was reading it's like essentially a dome because it can block wind and snow and all that, but it, I think it is technically open. Okay. The way its walls are constructed. Gotcha. The weather will not be an issue is the is the gist of it. <laughs> so that, that was up to kickers. And on sites like Superdraft where you can actually viably play kickers, you know, that's important to remember that the weather is going to be fine or not an issue. Yeah. Yeah, their their roof play. is crazy. Like, the fucking right. glass roof, or whatever they got. Yep. I'm still very confused by how their, their stadium is, <laughs> just in general. I'm just like, looking at it. It's a bonkers stadium. It, it is. It's pretty awesome. Um, one more thing. If you had to take Stafford and McVay or Jalen and McDermott <laughs> head-to-head, I think we can say Jalen over Stafford, but... The combination, including the head coach, I yeah, it, think I lean Rams at the moment, even though it's they're obviously a very good. That's a tough one, because on the Bills side, they've had more years together, but we've had, what, not, two now good Jalen years, but now also Dable's gone, so like we're going right. to see what level that affects it. We've only had one good year of Stafford McVeigh. But we already knew Stafford was good. We were pretty sure McVay was good seeing them together. They're a good match. They get like a synergy boost, you know? Right. But that that's kind of the thing. It's a tough one. Like as far as where I would lean. Oh, man. We, we, we got onto this last episode and we talked about Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I'm like, how would you, where would you put these guys? These guys. Oof. I think as a combo, they're, I would take them. Yeah, they, they have a great synergy, so I think I would slightly lead them. Like, if you're if you're telling me individuals, I do think I would lean Jalen McDermott, but right, that's not how that's not how it works. It's the combo. It's the combo. They're like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like they have a crush, like a, a crush on each other, basically. Yeah, they both. So you see, you see the way McVeigh looks at Stafford. Come on, <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> I mean, how could you not? Come on chemistry <laughs> tension 
So we're leaning gay. <laughs> For the kicker. Exactly. Man, game one, I'm excited. We're going to be talking about the rest of the games in a separate episode, but we wanted to get a preview for the first game out of the way, um, get it out before the game actually starts. Uh, that's a big one sometimes. And it's it's you know, it's it's the, the season kicking off. I think it's worth, you know, putting up a 20-30 minute preview of just one game because normally that each game doesn't, you know, we don't give that much to each game every week, but this is a special occasion, you know. It's a special. It's like a holiday. It's like it's a reunion, man. <laughs> It's a reunion, man. I can't do the Dan Campbell voice. I need you to do it. <laughs> How would he say that? It's a fucking reunion, man. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. It's bullshit, man. <laughs> but with that, I'm looking forward to many Dan Campbell quotes throughout the year. And we are going to be glued to the TV Thursday. And between that and uh, Sunday games, we'll be back to preview all the other uh, wonderful sports outings of the National Football League that will be coming this weekend. In the meantime, you can find us online at mozzieandthemuscle.com and on Twitter and TikTok at mozzieandmuscle.